joining. My name is Aaron Smith. I'm joined today by uh, Marielle McLaughlin, who is in our marketing department. Marielle, it's so great to see you. And uh, our speaker today is uh, Jason Thorson. Um, Jason, I think you and I were down at the uh, SEBC show in Orlando, and I got a chance to see some of the new product from uh, Daikin, Goodman, and Amana on the side discharge heat pumps. And I said, oh my gosh, we've got to do a webinar on this because I'm not sure everybody knows. I think some of them know that it's available from the Daikin brand, but I think we forget that this, you know, if, if you're an Amana person or you're a Goodman person, this will also be available across all of the brands that Daikin re represents in North America. So really exciting. Uh, Jason's the business development director for national accounts uh, for Goodman Daikin. We're really pleased to have him. And as always, we've got the Q&A section open. Um, this will be posted afterwards in the EBA Academy and on our Better Homes, Better Future podcast, which is really Mary Elsa, uh, a great idea, right? And that's on Spotify or Apple, um, whatever your favorite podcast system is. So with that, Jason, I'll uh, welcome you and we'll turn it over to you to uh, go through the presentation today. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Aaron. And welcome, everybody. Uh, you can see my screen okay? Yes, looks great. Okay, okay, good deal. So, yeah, let's just jump in. Side discharge heat pumps, as Aaron mentioned. Um, you know, we'll get to, let's see if we can advance. There we go. Uh, a little bit about Daikin. And and as Aaron mentioned, um, you know, a, a core competency for Daikin is side discharge, is inverter. We'll expand on that here a little bit more. Uh, in a couple of minutes. Founded in 1924, so next year is an exciting year, 100 years old out of Osaka, Japan, North American HQ in Houston, Texas. And I, I do want to say too, as, as Aaron mentioned, as we go, please feel free to raise hand or uh, ask question on slide. Let's not wait till the end. Um, you know, this is a, a 30 minute presentation, a lot to go over, but I'm going to try and keep it at a certain level of detail that um, if we need to really dive in after this presentation, I'm, I'm always uh, accessible. So when we look at Daikin as a whole, globally speaking, uh, HVAC market share position number one, as Aaron mentioned, that includes Goodman, Amana, and some other um, brands within the family that I'm going to show here in just a couple slides. Uh, I I'm not going to rattle off every, um, you know, invention or, or technology that Daikin has pioneered, um, but some highlights, first rotary compressor, multi-port system, uh, first VRV system, a very common question is, you know, why does Daikin call their technology uh, variable refrigerant volume and everybody else says variable refrigerant flow? It's because Daikin invented it. And when we did invent it, we trademarked it. So Daikin is the only one that uses uh, the VRV uh, acronym. And as I mentioned, um, actually, I need to update this 97 years coming up on 100 years next year. And a point of pride for us is one in about every three employees uh, at Daikin, over 85,000 employees, is an engineer. So Daikin being very passionate about all things HVAC, being the best at HVAC, which includes refrigerants, oils, and, and technologies related to HVAC. Uh, but we don't make TVs. We don't make cars. Uh, we're passionate about one thing, and that is uh, heating and cooling technologies. So for today, I'm going to focus on the heat pump and inverter uh, side of things, refrigerant control, separate conversation, much longer than 30 minutes. 
Um, but for side discharge, heat pump technology, high efficiency, all electric, as Aaron uh, beautifully set up for this conversation, we're really going to stick to that with some new technologies and products uh, that have recent, re recently excuse me, released from the Daikin family. I'm not going to read every one of these. I already made mention of some of the things we've pioneered, such as VRV and, and rotary compressors, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the the moral of the story of this slide is a passion to um, to be the best at HVAC, to to really uh, push the envelope and come out with the best heating and cooling products um, globally, not just North America. Uh Jason, the big one that I remember was when you guys bought uh, Goodman here in the States, yeah. right? What year was that again? I know it's probably in here somewhere, but. Yeah, it went final in 2014, started in okay. 2012. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm glad you bring that up, Aaron, because a lot of that is, um, you know, from an acquisition standpoint, and actually I think my next slide, it, it, it really is to build out the portfolio for Daikin. So Goodman having a, a logistical superiority um, you know, a price point product, let's call mm -hmm. it, for, you know, for what it is. Um, but those engineers being able to collaborate for a decade now uh, have really pulled the Goodman brand into a new space. And then the Daikin side has learned a lot about the North American market because North America is unique um, in that we like ductwork. We like ductwork yeah, and attics and crawl spaces. Yeah, yeah. Europe, <laughs> Europe and Asia, you know, because of population density and their in their energy infrastructure, they have been away from ductwork for you know 50 years at this point, mm -hmm. fully duct-free, high efficiency, um, and many people are born and raised in in very dense, populous markets. Mm -hmm. See if we can. Hey Jason, I just saw that Altherma product. Yeah, that was a <laughs> that was an incredible product. Is that something that's still available? Is that going to come back to the U.S. It, market? That's a fantastic question. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, oh, great. They are going to recommercialize it. Um, I, I hate putting down dates because we all know things move. Uh, but even at the International Builder Show in January 2020, probably my first dozen visitors wanted to talk about water. Yeah. Uh, of course, out of the state of California, where. Uh, gas and decarbonization and, and water is kind of a different animal. But yes, the Altherma Next Gen 2.0 is doing very well in Europe and Asia mm -hmm. and uh, will be coming back to North America really hopefully sooner than later because I get asked about it all the time. I'm going to keep asking you. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's if you think about it, right, it's, it's split systems, right? There should be a, yeah. a an outdoor unit for the tank and an outdoor unit for the HVAC and it's highly efficient and and yeah. it's going to meet these evolving energy codes and uh utility goals and and everything else that um i mean i don't i think i took that slide out but if you really look at a home's energy consumption between space heating and water heating it's pushing 70 percent mm. of a home's energy consumption so there's really no deeper opportunities than those two so right. um, no i would be very excited for it because like i said whether it's customers or prospects uh, get asked about it all the time Great. So this is the Dyke in Texas Technology Park, the DTTP, uh, opened um, in May 2017. So when we talk about investment in North America, and I need to run these numbers again because we're probably pushing $10 billion at this point. The point of it isn't just uh, dramatic spending. When you look at this facility, which is very impressive, I'll show some stats here in a minute. It's it's quite literally Dyke and putting their stake in the ground and saying we understand North America is unique. We need to address the the needs of the North American builders, consumers, 
mechanicals, you name it. Um, and, and they really have put their money where their mouth is, it, uh, you could say, with the engineers getting together and building products like Dyke and Fit and Goodman Side Discharge, et cetera, we're going to get to in a minute, that are quite literally designed for North American needs uh, and the market. Sorry, every time I click admit, I lose my, there we go. Uh, so the DTTP, uh, it is the third largest manufacturing facility of its kind in North America, behind only Boeing and Tesla's Gigaplant in Austin, due to an expansion probably two-ish years ago, uh, is now number two. Um, but when you look at not just the sheer size, but the innovation, the engineering, the the experience showroom, and again, the, the the flying the flag of being the best at all things HVAC, nobody is doing it at the level that Daikin, along with Goodman and Amana, are uh, just outside of Houston, Texas. And it should be noted, um, you know, this building takes up about 4.8 million square feet. Uh, we have about 500 acres in the area, so we are very much ahead of schedule on expansion plans and what uh, the entire organization, Dyke and Comfort Technologies North America, needs to do to keep up. Um, things are changing very rapidly, as we all know. Mm -hmm. uh, so some of the, the, the family of brands uh, recognize advantages, as I mentioned. You know, when you look at the Goodman, Amana, residential side, the J.E. Hall, McQuay, you know, for those on this call, various, you know, backgrounds and experiences, the point of this is to build out a portfolio to be the best at HVAC. Um, a, a very large point of pride for Daikin with these acquisitions, not one of these jobs left American soil. Um, Daikin does things a, a little differently. Uh, I would say very intentional and conservative. Huge point of pride when you work for the company. But, you know, the commitment to being the best is not just acquiring, phasing yeah. out, moving elsewhere. Uh, and cutting costs. It, it it really is to be committed to the innovation and um, optimization model that, that Daikin is comprised of, of, you know, 100 years now. So let's get into heat pump technology. Um, I know just with the platform and, and um, the amount of people coming on the call, I'm not going to do a show of hands or whatnot. I think we're all pretty familiar to what heat pumps are at this point. Um, I have a strategic electrification slide. Uh, uh, presentation, I should say, slide deck, that the path forward, whether it's California, the Northwest, I'm sitting in uh, just outside Portland, Oregon right now, the Northeast, when it really comes to strategic electrification and decarbonization, heat pump technology is the center of that. Um, most people would not debate that. We're always going to have gas products. There's going to be a, a you know period of transition for years to come. But when we really look at heat pump technology and what I'm presenting today, is the side discharge inverter based compressor platform um, that really is the centerpiece in the flagship for Daikin. So the five benefits at a high level for inverter, low monthly energy bills, it's no surprise when we consume less energy and we're more energy efficient, the actual bill and the payment to the utility company on a monthly basis is lower. Most consumers uh, are a fan of that. Consistent indoor air temperature, I'll get more to that uh, here in just a minute. Comfortable home, low operational sound levels and very efficient and sustainable. Um, and I know it comes up in a few slides, but the, the the real punchline of this presentation, when I talk about not just the the products, Dyke and Goodman with the badge, but the concept of side discharge inverter technology really comes down to comfortable, clean, quiet. Keep it basic, easy to market back out to consumers. Um, and I'm gonna expand on that more here in just a minute. 
So low monthly energy bills, I don't need to elaborate on this. I jumped the gun a little bit and space heating, water heating, you know, this right here. Of course, climate conditions vary, right? Florida is different than Montana, uh, but generally about 70% of a home's energy usage comes down to space and water heating. Great opportunity for a consumer to save while increasing their comfort um, and keeping more money in their pocket on a monthly basis. So here's where inverter really shines. Um, we, we've all heard of, a, say, a single speed AC unit or a, a two speed variable speed. Inverter truly is the maximum of variable speed. 600 plus positions of adjustment up and down, whether it's cooling, heating, um, you know, just what's needed to dial in that set point. And so we use the car analogy a lot. So you look at this graph, right? And if you had a single speed AC unit, the analogy would be a car with two speeds, zero and 55, which if we think about driving around town is incredibly inefficient. A inverter system, as we see with the blue line here, uh, the Daikin inverter AC, it, it's similar to like cruise control where, oh, you're going gently up a hill, it ramps up a little bit, you're going down a hill, it ramps down a little bit. Your ability to dial into a very tight set point and stay, I'm just gonna say 72 degrees stay right near that set point and not let's just say cooling over cool to 68 and then let the temperature go back up to 76 and on off on off hot cold inefficient 100 percent capacity blowing at you on the couch or, or wherever you are in the home it really doesn't make much sense when you have inverter that can get to 72 gently dial it in keep it very tight and an energy sipping level we have many splits that ramp down to the the equivalent of an eight watt light bulb once mm -hmm. it hits a set point and it's truly dialed in still drawing in air still pulling it through the filter still if if humidity is a, a a concern still pulling that air over the coil removing moisture and then redistributing it back into the space what you avoid there is hot cold spots on off you know like the house i'm sitting in now my wife, who's now more educated to it, it's like you freeze out the downstairs to get the upstairs comfortable. You sit on the couch to watch TV. It's winter now, so it's the heat's running. But in the summer, and you hear that fan kick on and blow that gush of cold air, and you just play this game because, you know, w when it's not a truly variable speed inverter system, um, it's it's a constant game of compensation to get it to where it needs to be. And then, of course, I'm upstairs, sleeping spaces, you need it colder than downstairs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the humidity example, as I mentioned, there is no better baseline system to combat humidity than inverter. Even in a mild cooling level, 72 is a set point. It, it you know takes very little cold air to keep the space comfortable, still pulling air over the coil, removing the moisture, displacing that humidity, and then making the relative temperature that much more comfortable because you're not now dealing with the humidity in the space where with a single speed single stage system on off on off humidity comes back kicks on et cetera et cetera well, it's very jason the, jason yes. the key there is you need to have air running across that coil for x number of minutes before you start to dehumidify so when you have that on off you're not getting the air across that coil right no, you're chasing. You're absolutely, and it's, it's a it's a great pointer. And, and and that's the thing is, even if the temperature is 72 and it's not requiring, you know, the, the capacity and the 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 true BTUs to cool, it's still pulling that air over the coil. 
still mm-hmm. pulling it through the filter box, still putting it back into the space for a cleaner, you know, when I say comfortable, clean, cleaner air and removing that humidity, even when it doesn't need to crank down to some ice cold temperature blowing. Right. So that that the beauty of inverter is never really on off. It just ramps up and down gently as needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, low operational sound levels. I will show more real world um, examples and images in a minute. We see here a traditional, it's even a Daikin unit, a DZ14 single speed uh, AC unit. We're all aware of them, right? Regardless of where you are, we've all walked down the street and heard those AC units bang on off. I listen to my neighbor, Georgia's not right now, but you know, the entire summer where Daikin fit inside discharge technology, which I'm going to show more, is about the decibel rating of a high end dishwasher in the kitchen. 57 decibels, very quiet. Oftentimes people don't even know it's running. They they have to bend down and say, oh, I didn't even know that thing was on until I saw the, the fan actually moving. Whisper quiet, locate them anywhere. Um, and like I said, I'll, I'll show some images here in just a minute. Uh, and then efficient, sustainable. It's no surprise that if you're more energy efficient on the front end and you have a lower utility bill, you're also putting out less uh, carbon emissions. You're, you're, you're providing societal and environmental uh, on top of economic benefit because you're just using less um, for heat pumps, electricity, uh, gas technologies, less therms. You're using less energy to be effective and comfortable in the home. So when we talk about side discharge, this is a, a flagship model for Daikin. It's called Daikin Fit. Most people see this and say, oh, yeah, mini splits. I'm, I've seen them you know, all over. I traveled abroad or even in the U.S., whatever. This is actually a very traditional AC unit uh, that is hooked up to a, a multi-position air handler, a coil, a gas furnace could be. I'll show the applications in a minute with your filter box and a controls system. So what you get with something like this, when you look at the outdoor experience, right? There's generally only one, let's just say piece of equipment or appliance on the exterior of a, a, a home or, or apartment or, or you know even commercial. Um, when you have comfortable, quiet, small, right here you can kind of see it, but like the wall mount bracket, your installation location flexibility and creativity goes through the roof. It's no longer this noisy, um, inefficient piece of equipment that everybody puts on the front wing wall of the garage because it's, you know, as far away from sleeping spaces as possible. This window right here could be the baby's room. And this is a non-issue to locate either an AC unit, a heat pump unit, or as you'll see in a minute, heat pump dual fuel. Here's the applications. As I said, uh, straight AC, pretty straight, you know, forward gas furnace, coil, filter, controls. Then you have the all electric heat pump. And then you also have heat pump with dual fuel. Uh, Jason, and, can that dual fuel be gas or propane, right? Uh, yes. Okay. LP gas. Yes, yeah. exactly. And then and then the technology with that is, you know, climate conditions. We're actually doing some pilots up in Canada where it's more time of day, just per the utility. Sure. Um, but generally, it gets cold enough. Uh, uh, the fossil fuel side, the gas side, will kick on um, to to cover the heat pump, but. Uh, with some of these utility programs, uh, we're putting a new technology that um, uh, can modify those controls even further. Nice. And then so we look at the Goodman side. So uh, at EBA, Salt Lake City, and and then more recently, I guess, gosh, a month ago, time's flying, Tech Home Builder Summit. So now we have the Goodman version of the Daikin Fit, which 
for those on this call, I don't know, you know, if you come from the builder side, building science, raiders, verifiers, what have you, the Goodman SD side discharge really is optimized for what I would call uh, builder grade, right? The, the the true balance of price and performance, all the features and benefits at a better price point. So just as I showed with the die conversion, AC, gas furnace, coil, um, heat pump, multi-position air handler, uh, a, a better price point controller, I would say, still connected. Uh, so when I say the comfortable, clean, quiet, I also need to add the fourth C, connected, even though quiet's a Q. Um, but, it, but it gives those tangible benefits to the end user, to the home buyer, to the renter, whoever it is, um, and still capturing comfort, efficiency, whisper quiet, um, et cetera. So, you know, reducing expenses with inverter, whether you're selling homes or renting, I mean, what homeowner does not want to be comfortable at a lower monthly operational cost? I mean, if you if you were to sell me a device right now that got me 20 more miles per gallon for my truck for a fair price, you know, why would I not? I need to drive, life happens, et cetera, et cetera. Same thing with heating and cooling, whether it's Florida or Montana, you're going to be running the AC, you're going to run the heat. Why would you not want to be comfortable at a lower monthly price point? I've already mentioned quiet sound. Oh, look at that. I did not even know there were sound effects here. <laughs> can, Aaron, can you hear that? No. Oh, all right. Maybe it's just on my end. I thought these, same, same thing. 56 right. decibels, whisper quiet, high-end dishwasher. Moral of the story is whether it's city of Seattle or some of these markets, I mean, there are noise ordinances going into effect in certain municipalities that if your AC is not below a certain threshold, it's not going to get permitted hmm. um and i don't see that going away right because like my example and not we're not a zero lot line i mean 10 foot setback but just because the position of it all summer long i hear you know i love him to death great guy but that ac unit's on off all day and night and it's you know if if, if you can avoid it why wouldn't you so some of the compatibility some of the arrangements i know i've said you know air handlers um blowers variable speed motors coils furnaces uh it, it's not all electric not all gas it's a blend of each um based on market based on need so uh, as we see the high efficiency all electric strategic electrification california's decarbonization whatever the movement is um th this really is the technology that's going to get uh builders and home buyers there uh, for hvc Uh, connected control, I mentioned that. I mean, you know, even myself, mini split in the room I'm in right now, I'm going to replace the the entire system, as I mentioned, you know, our existing system. Um, it's been put on hold for a little bit, but I'm going to have a Dyke and Fit system put in our home in this coming spring. It's not so much that I'm turning the temperature up, down, and, and you know, really just geeking out to it, but for a lot of second homes, uh, Airbnbs or or, you know, people who are seasonally in a location how nice is it to know not just and we see on the left the consumer level of oh this is what's going on with my system but remote monitoring and, and predictive diagnostics with the professional right so your home's in florida or montana or wherever why should mr and mrs smith have to be the troubleshooters and experts on their system when the system can quickly send an error code one two three or whatever signal to the installing contractor or or a professional 
that can now pick up the phone and say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I got an error code. Is your AC you know, functioning properly or is your heat functioning properly? I mean, you know, we've had OnStar for cars for years and, and, and more even Aaron, you and I were, you know, chatting about computers and updates before we got this webinar <laughs> launched. Like, right. why would your HVAC system, which arguably is one of the more, if not the most expensive system in a home on some level, why would mm -hmm. we not want the system to say, hey, you know, uh, Joe Mechanical, Unit 212 or 123 Main Street's having some kind of a an issue, right? Like, wh why do we need catastrophic failure for that alert to go out? So whether it's Goodman, Dyken, or otherwise, remote monitoring um, and, and that feature uh, to be enabled at the homeowner level is only gaining in popularity. Um, so this is multifamily centric. As I showed, you know, this wall mount bracket, I know that's kind of a hard one to see. That's a retrofit project, Puget Sound. Uh, they located the condensing unit on the terraces. It's completely acceptable and appropriate because it is whisper quiet and it's very small. And now all these units have AC where they did not before. Uh, you can see these, these uh, freestanding brackets where you can stack and just do things with these outdoor units. You can't it's it's not an option with the vertical discharge inefficient cube unit, whether it's noise, whether it's size, whether it's clearance requirements because of uh, that discharge. You can just do so much more when it comes to these. Some people call them suitcase style uh, side discharge. I know I've said multiple times um, side blow, you know, whatever it may be the the flexibility and options go up tenfold. Uh, this is an aerial view. This is not ground floor. This is actually the roof of a building uh, 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 rendering, if you will. But we do have real world examples uh, all over where, um, you know, we have a building in New York that it turned into a bistro. Um, you know, you can just do so many different things when you get rid of these noisy, large condenser farms that with Dyke and Fit, as I just showed, the ability to stack and hide behind these, you know, hedges. Uh, whisper quiet. You're enjoying the space and you're not talking over noisy AC um, and, and and really just compromising what, you know, this shows 24 AC units, what that experience would be like. This is becoming very popular, uh, mm -hmm. especially in, in the day and age of value engineering, right? Uh, I have multiple apartment projects I'm working on now. The terrace is designed in, you put a planter box, each unit has their own individual outdoor unit right there on the balcony, makes it very cost effective. Um, you know, very residential grade, not whole building VRV, which is um, sophisticated. It's mm -hmm. expensive. Um, but between the fit and the Goodman option, you can really design this in with intention uh, of having state of the art heating and cooling yet adhering to the budget. And that being said, that's 28 minutes. 30, pretty 30. good. That's uh, <laughs> not, it's not pretty terrible. Pretty good. Jason, does the same hold true with the Amana line yeah. as well? You know what? Yes, yeah. there's the Amana S. It's, I mean, you know, I I say Lexus Toyota. We have two Toyotas in the driveway. You know, we we know the chassis are shared in the Lexus. I mean, but yes, it's yeah. the Dyke inversion, Goodman version. I mean, they have differences, but at their core, it's obviously very shared technologies. Right, but I so think that. I think the key part is, you know, the HVAC industry is so interesting in the United States and Canada, right? Because you can oh, have a town that's like, it's an Amana town because the big distributors are Amana. And you go 
the next town over and everybody's Goodman and then the next town over everybody's Daikin. So yeah. I think the ability to access that product, yes. no matter what market we're in is what really yeah. makes it unique. Right. It's funny you say that I'm struck by that. Cause I'm in the Pacific Northwest. I run all over, but like, yeah, that you're, there's some pockets in Northeast and it's like, this isn't a man of town. And uh, I, I tend to stick to the Daikin Goodman because Daikin, um, you know, premium warranties. It, it, it's it's a bit more of an AOR brand, if you were will. Or good. What is what is AOR just for our audience? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, add on replacement. Yeah. So right. a, a a lot more. And when I say dealers, I mean mechanical contractors. You know, it it's I don't want to say boutique, but it, it lends itself more to that replacement white glove experience, et cetera, et cetera. Not that Goodman's not there. Don't get me wrong. But then, as we know, like say production builders, they're looking for. Um, it, it, an effective product without being excessive because they're going to build 20,000 homes or whatever it is. So, and then a man, falls somewhere in the middle, all premium, great. Uh, you know, the, the quality of equipment is it's undisputed. Um, that falls into an even more unique, I would say, dealership model with the contractors, right? They, they bleed a man of red. That's what they do, mm-hmm. what they stick to. But the beauty of it too, whether it's our channel partners or dealers, et cetera, et cetera, they all have access to all three. Right. So, um, you know, we support them to the fullest and 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 whatever, you know, like I like to say, whether it's a builder or otherwise, whatever situation you're in, we have a spectrum of solutions that is absolutely unparalleled. That's great. And if people are interested in finding their local uh, dealer, uh, mechanical contractor, uh, is there a, a website that they can go to or? Jason yeah. Or yeah, yeah, absolutely. So dykencomfort.com, there is a, uh, you know, dealer locator zip code. You can drop in um, or through EBA, myself and the team, national accounts. I, I support the, uh, the the residential multifamily and also commercial na- national accounts groups very closely. Um, you can always reach out directly to me. Fantastic. And definitely open it up for questions. If anybody has yeah. anything, you can put that in the Q&A or the chat. Uh, Jason, I, I think the big thing that I noted is, you know, we, we hear a lot about the HSPF2 and the SEER2 ratings and kind of some of the new energy stars or energy ready home requirements but it looks like from what i saw on your numbers that you well exceed any of the requirements for some of those new programs coming up yeah that's a, i'm glad you brought that up so so when you look at this these technologies these products i mean it really is designed to compete at the 17 seer level which is not the minimum However, I mean, if i were to do this presentation on vrv i mean that is where like the hybrid ferrari you know, meets, you know, hits the road. There are more efficient, leading edge, et cetera, et cetera. The price goes up, but these products, these technologies really are designed to compete at where price and performance meet. So to your point, Aaron, you know, 15 and change, uh, uh, SEER and, and certain, you know, I'm in Oregon, Washington has a very aggressive energy code, right? HSPF uh, yeah. 9.5 minimum, 10.0, yeah. you get, or actually 11.0, you get a bonus point. So when you start to see where that's moving, part of of Daikin's DNA, I guess I would say, is to stay notches above that, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I love it. You know, when I'm in a market in in Washington or otherwise, uh, you know, everybody's uh, um, I don't know getting grumpy because they're like, oh, we have to hit this. Da, 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 da. I'm like, hey, bring the market to us because we are passionate about efficiency and comfort and all the things that come with that. But yeah, to your point, um, you know, 17 seer, that, that's kind of where you you see that, yes, the market's going to come to you, but um, that's a strong number. 
right? Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a strong balance of price and performance where you're still efficient, um, but it's budget conscious, if you will. Yeah, that's great. The other thing I noted in your presentation, Jason, was um, minus 25F on yeah. the operating range. And I guess my question with that is, do we need to specify something different to operate? You know, you know, I'm up in Minneapolis, so it's a little yeah. bit, cold. oh, it's 50 degrees here today. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But is there something special that we need to order or is every unit really tailored for uh, kind of that low temp operating range? Yeah, great question. Uh, so we have what's called our Aurora line, which it's, you know, number one seller in Scandinavia and, and menace, you know, places very, very cold. Stevens Equipment Supply, as I mentioned to you in Salt Lake City, yeah. Egan, in Egan, right? Yeah. Um, that's our H, that's our HQ, Dan Bino, great guys. So Dykin, we've since acquired them. Um, and I love getting into those, those environments and those climates where it, you know, it is different. Um, but yeah, certain products are tailored to hit that low of a temperature, um, uh, in, uh, enhanced capacity. It's called Aurora. Um, so if you were in a particular market, even like where I am now, I wouldn't necessarily, well, case in point, the mini split in my house is not cold climate. <laughs> and however, which even my wife last a uh, couple of weeks, cause it's dipped the way the heat, like we run the heat and it collects. So we actually turn it down to 66, 67 at night for sleeping. And Sarah's like, why is the air not cold? I'm like, well, cause it's cold outside <laughs> and this unit does not want to blow cold air right now. Right. I just, I overlook that but um yeah no we have whether it's vrv residential grade single phase or otherwise we have cold climate models if you if you will um very i mean we have contractors in minnesota or uh, excuse me montana where the wind chill and 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 yes you can always do strip heat and certain things but what comes with that i mean we have contractors that are like i am struck at how well this system did when we had that event two weeks ago Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, for sure. So, and, and there, uh, there's certain times you're not going to avoid good old fashioned strip heat just just to make sure you're covered. But generally speaking, 50, 51 weeks out of the year, um, these technologies are more than enough. Yeah. Uh, one other question, I think we're we're seeing some research where um, you want to use the manufacturer thermostat with the heat pump that uh, perhaps a third party uh you know i know when i upgraded mine they said get rid of your uh the one from cupertino california because they ain't yeah. gonna run it right um, ADP, can, you yeah. just, can you just speak to the importance of you know if you're putting in a fit or you're putting in the sd you kind of gotta go it's advised to go with the thermostat that controls it because of the algorithms on board right Absolutely. It's a really fair point. So actually, too, with Energy Star, Energy Star does not currently have a rating for a smart thermostat optimized for inverter. Odd, right? So Arizona SRP APS, mm-hmm. this was probably a year ago. You know, hey, Jason, the Daikin One Plus isn't on the list. There's no rebate. And I had to like contact Energy Star and they're like, we have not figured out how to measure it yet. So to that point, when I showed the One Plus, um, if I went back some slides, it truly is optimized for inverter driven technology. And to your point, you can slap certain other brands, you know, hot, cold, up, down, on, off. It mm-hmm. absolutely defeatures it. That, that's a great question, actually. Um, yeah. The Goodman side is a little bit more open, if you will. 
um, still inverter. Um, I still have not seen because the Goodman SD unit is like quite literally hitting warehouses as we speak. It launched mid-November, so I don't. I haven't seen test data as far as um, OEM and third-party uh, controls options. It's always been a little bit more agnostic and open. Where Daikin, Daikin's very prideful in the <laughs> this control was made for this technology. Fully, I mean, with the Daikin Fit, there's actually a commissioning feature. So, like, say you build a home, you commission the thing. The controller actually runs a full-blown cycle and system, and and so it's not just a human anymore. It's oh, through technology, we have tested the system. Everything is operating perfect. Well, that brings up a great question around, uh, I think what we're seeing in the Energy Star Next Gen program that's rolling out is uh, a testing protocol to the ANSI uh, standard where you actually need to test for CFM, uh, you need to test the um, refrigerant, and you need to test the watts per, um, the wattage on the system. Mm -hmm. So yeah. is that something that you have foreseen as a company and you've got yes. that testing protocol on board? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's, I mean, I, you know, I come from a construction background now, Dyke in seven and a half years. I would always say it's like everybody has bad days, right? Whether it's a CFM and the duct work or, or, you know, there, there's systems. We all think that they run perfectly or don't run. There's a lot of systems that are just, you know, small refrigerant leak or mm -hmm. an electrical issue. I mean, we've all had, on our side of the equation, you go out there with a wattage meter and like, yeah, why is this thing drawing so much, right? Mm -hmm. It's a wiring issue. Um, so to have just like a computer or otherwise, the ability to hit that commission button and the technology supports the human and says, yeah, everything, you know, John or Susie did today is great, you know, and a little certificate if you will, spits out <laughs> yeah. and then you give it to the builder and you're like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been go. fully commissioned, not mm -hmm. just because there's times where it's like, yeah, the air's warm. Not maybe it should be, but I think it's okay. Right. Like th there's a lot of gray, a lot more gray area than I think people realize when it comes to, I mean, we all say too, like the best system installed bad. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and there's the flip side to that is, is a craftsman putting in a certain lower level system. I mean, it can do great for a while. Right. There's there's a lot of variables. Yeah. Well, it's great. Well, Jason, uh, fantastic. Uh, great new technology coming out. Uh, I'm excited to hear that the uh, the Goodman product as well is uh, loading into distribution across North yep. America uh, starting November. So great products to watch for. Um, great new technology to know about that uh, operates in was it clean, quiet. Yeah. And comfortable. Co comfortable, clean, quiet. But after the Tech Home Builder Summit a few weeks ago, now connected, right? And it's, connected. It, it's it was very technology centric. So after watching other presentations, I had to be really, yeah. And it, it, it is, it is. I mean, it, it's it's where it should be. Um, and, and you know the way I equate it, it's it's like it's not unlike you know a phone or otherwise. Like who's walking into the Verizon store or whatever, and like, hey, where's the brick cell phones, right? Like like. I think it's an education piece and whether you're a builder, a landlord or, or, you know, whatever it is, once you let people know they can be comfortable, clean, quiet, connected, like who says they want to go back? No, I, I don't then, see that. And the other part you didn't even talk about is 
the rebates that are now available to go to this new technology. I mean, yeah. depending on the marketplace you're in, but there are thousands of dollars in rebates to go to these new systems, right? Oh my gosh. And, you know, I would say 2023 was a letdown as far as the Inflation Reduction Act, because even at my level, because like I made mention, I'm trying to replace my system. So it's like, even this morning, I'm talking to a sales rep. I'm like, hey, what are you seeing from Sunset Heating? And they're like, dude, nothing's trickled through. So at the state level from federal, it's still kind of, but yeah, utility groups, uh, tax credits, cash rebates, even at the installer level, mm-hmm. Aaron, you're, you're spot on. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the incentives to make better decisions are certainly out there. And it's the only reason I didn't do my particular situation this fall. We're going to hit spring 2024 because I want those rebate dollars too. And uh, yeah, no doubt about it. It's a it's a very good time to uh, capitalize on more efficient and and just better heating and cooling. It sounds like the most important part is that you get your neighbor George to also upgrade his unit. <laughs> sure. So. so George, well, he's so because we have a, I'm in our master bedroom right now, west facing second floor. It can be 82 in here, 70 the rest of the house. So I put a mini split right over my shoulder here. Yeah. So he sees the outdoor unit. George is trust me. He's like. Uh, when you do your thing, because of course I think he wants to see yeah. the piggyback. <laughs> He's yeah, like, right. you do your thing. Give me a heads up because both of our houses yeah. are 12 years old, right? So we're due. And uh, yeah, no doubt about it. It's it's a yeah. very good uh, window of opportunity to uh, improve both of our situations. Great. Hey, we've got an audience question that came in. Uh, sure. Justin, Justin, I'm going to allow your mic here and you should be able to accept and then unmute yourself, Justin. And you are, it looks like, yeah, go ahead, Justin, question. So you mentioned the commissioning software um, and either the, the controller or the the system itself. Does that, does that replace or does it provide the same uh, testing results as ACA 310 testing? You mentioned blower fan, airflow watcher on refrigerant charge is this system going to provide output on those three uh those three metrics i I mean when it comes down to like duct tightness and certain things that do require hands-on right whether it's sealing it off and and uh you know at that level um i can certainly send you exactly exactly what the commissioning report measures i don't want to be presumptuous and say it's apples to apples um it, i mean it really is the technology side of the refrigerant charge is correct the you know it, it's cycling through not just the uh, compressor but the air handler and it's it's really i mean for lack of a better analogy i mean it's it's, it's just running exactly whether it's an automobile or computer hit all the check marks and saying everything is as should be but yeah a, a, a standard with tightness you know blower door tests you know things that can go past the hvac systems uh um capabilities if you will i would need to like really break that down closer. Well, I'll, I'll agree i think justin's question was a lot like mine that this new ansi aka resnet standard 310 that's going to be required it looks like on the uh, next gen program if there's a way to get the commissioning data out of that tool, I mean, definitely put it on your roadmap because yeah. Justin, Justin, we're going to want, we're going to want to push a button allegedly, right? And get, here's your CFM. 
here's your refrigerant charge and here's your wattage usage right yeah yeah so keep us updated uh, on that jason yeah well another uh, question i had for you is are these model numbers going to be changing um as a result of you guys going to r32a yes there, there will be revisions exactly great question refrigerant protocol 2025 um as r32 phases in we already have some uh, uh mini split product um going that way but like specific to dyke and fit goodman sd yes there's always going to be nomenclature uh impacts on you know compatibility matchups etc cetera, etc cetera. make sure we're not connecting apples and oranges yeah and jason that change goes into effect is it uh end of next year 25 2025 and you know and as I yeah. understand it, Justin, you sound like you're an expert too, but as I understand it, you can't install anything that doesn't meet it after 1-1 of 25. Is that right? It's a manufacturing change, yeah. And if you really look at it, and I've been with Dykin seven and a half years and just my experience in construction, but when you talk about SEER 2 and refrigerant protocol changes and um, – Supply chain disruptions, I'd say, have fairly leveled out, but I don't remember a time in, in yeah. industry, HVAC. Like, talk about being subjected to uh, dynamics. Yes, yeah. Well, so, the, the only other, you know, the big change in the uh, HVAC industry, at least residentially in the past, was what? We went to ECM motors. Yeah. Like, ooh, yeah, you know, yeah. That just made yeah. sense. Well, and even alongside this, I, I cited city of Seattle, but like I know New York and, and certain places, you know, with the, the noise ordinances, which yeah. we're a fan of because we're committed to this. Um, but yeah, I mean, you want to talk about, and it's been a few months, but like when I talk to California developers, I mean, they're pulling their hair out because it's just, you know, because they have the all electric standard on top of it. That's right. So you want to talk about moving goalposts frequently. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. no, we, we do our best to keep up. I mean, we're in the business of innovation, so I, I like to think we're out in front and ready to roll. But um, no, the next couple of years are going to be uh, interesting, to say the least. Indeed. Well, Justin, thank you so much for the great questions. Jason, thank you so much for the fantastic thank you. presentation. Thank you. Uh, we will, again, have this recorded. It'll be up on the eba.org academy um, in a couple of days here. And we'll also be on the Better Homes, Better Future podcast, available at your favorite uh, podcast download. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you. Aaron, thank All you right. so much. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Jason. Bye now. All right. Take care, everybody.